You're listening to an irreverent podcast. For more unholy content from our friends, head to irreverent.fm. friends it's Josie and you're listening to the speaking in church podcast with I don't know why I did it that way I did it like the opposite way okay you want to start over uh yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> hey friends you're listening to the speaking in church podcast I'm Josie and I'm Spencer and today we are joined by our new friend Andrew Benson who just so happens to be a seminary uh theological school whatever you call it dropout and an ex-pastor wow wow (laughs) we love it andrew welcome to the pod thank you how are you feeling about being on a podcast right now (laughs) (laughs) this is um i i'm feeling good this is gonna be fun um i've got uh a couple of notes scribbled onto my table. Yes. No, it's, uh, I've got my tea. I'm good. Great. Well, figuratively and literally. (laughs) Yes, you're good. Uh, well, this is the portion of the podcast where we ask our guests to, um, tell us their life story, their testimony, their themselves. Tell us all about you. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I guess I'll start with where I am right now. I'm currently enjoying life for the last couple of years in the uh, subarctic of uh, Northwest Territories up in Canada. So it's been a lot of fun up here. Um, this is sort of where I ran, you know. Um, this is where this is where I ended up after deciding that being a pastor uh, was probably not a good idea for that season of life. Um, and uh, off I, off I went. So just to back things up even further, I guess. Um, yeah, grew up in a very, very traditional, very conservative, uh, church, uh, where I learned all kinds of goodies. Um, at the time I thought it was all good, you know, and I think when you're in sort of an environment uh, and it was a smaller town too right so mm. I feel like that in combination with you know some really conservative theology and understanding of church and and faith um everyone else is kind of doing the same thing right so you don't really pay attention to you're like is this good and you're not really asking a lot of questions uh but there were some really good parts to it as well growing up like i like it's where i sort of got my um, kind of understanding of like serving in the community, um, you know, and just being hospitable and, you know, all these good things. So it wasn't like a total wash, but, uh, you know, as I get older, you start asking questions and like answers are very, very far, few and far between. Um, so yeah. So anyway, fast forward a whole bunch of years, uh, living all over the country, doing all kinds of things. Uh, this, I felt this like, uh, I guess some people would say I felt a calling. Um, but I, I feel like now it was probably like a lot of social pressure and a lot of like bad theology that I had bought into that. I must do this thing. I must go down this path. Um, or else, you know, I'm going to, re- if I don't, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. Or if I don't, then, you know, it's not going to be God's best, you know, it's going to be something subpar, right. Mm-hmm. Um, um, anything sounding familiar? <laughs> All of it. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> right. Um, and so, so off I went to, to seminary, um, you know, they, they call it training college in the denomination, right. Where, where I come from, but, uh, kind of, the, you know, that seminary ID idea. Um, and like, there were some red flags right away. And I remember conversations with like the, with the training principal, you know, and he would say, so, you know, tell me about your, your calling to this. And I remember saying, well, actually, I don't feel called to this. Like, I, I feel like I just kind of showed up. Like, is that okay? <laughs> and like, I remember this blank stare of like, 
okay like we don't usually get that at this point in the game i was like okay and i went through a whole semester and the way it goes is uh you know you, you go through a whole semester of, of uh, sort of like on the on the job training we'll say and then um you know different classes and, and and whatnot and then you go on sort of like this like winter work term co-op thing so off i went to do that and then when i came back to the school in the new year had another meeting meeting with the the training principal of, of the seminary. And he's like, so like, did this work term, like really confirm like you're calling to this? And I was like, no, like, I still don't really feel called to this. Like <laughs> oh we're going to go for it anyway. So anyway, fast forward two years of seminary, the whole way, I really felt like, what am I doing here? Why am I here? But, um, you know, having grown up in, in, in this church, uh, I had a ton of guilt, you know, like I was like, as, as, as logical as I could think, you know, and, and as you know, I'm talking to friends, you know, things are making sense, but yet I couldn't pull the trigger to leave. Cause I was, I was scared. Like there was like a real fear, even though I didn't like really believe it. Like I still couldn't control like the anxiety that would, mm -hmm. that would, that would, it would produce and just the, the stress and, you know, the panic attacks at night. And, you know, um, and of course you start to talk about mental health and things like that. And that's a whole other, um, thing you know so um i guess i just wasn't praying hard enough you know oh, yes in there. <laughs> i know that one <laughs> um so yeah so after seminary they sent me off to uh toronto which is where i kind of had my first go at it as a pastor um and you know what the people were great i had a really awesome time um but it was with the sort of upper leadership that I really started to, to really be misaligned with big time, you know, and, and there were some major issues, some major social issues that, you know, were becoming very, very important to me, very, very dear to my heart. Um, and it's tough. It was tough, you know, trying to have some of those conversations because I find sometimes when you're in sort of a conservative environment, the go-to argument is that like culture is influencing your theology, mm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and I would like to say, why would that be a bad thing? You know, if it is, Ooh, is, 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 there, is, is, is there, well, you know, is there some, is there something to that? Right. Uh, mm -hmm. does, does God only reveal himself through Christians, right? Mm. Or is there other areas of creation that, that God can reveal himself to? Mm. You know, let, let's yeah. just ask questions. Right. I mean, uh, was the Bible when it was written, was it culturally impacted? I wonder, <laughs> <laughs> but these are great questions, right? You know, yes. and I think, yeah. I, 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 in some ways I feel like the answers, not that they're irrelevant, but even just the ability to ask the questions and to kind of work it out and, and just hear different thoughts, I, I think is, is cool. But, um, mm. yeah, so skip ahead a little bit more. Um, it just wasn't working out, <laughs> you know, and I remember specifically, this was kind of, this was a really weird moment for me. So um, I'll, I'll be honest, I thought I was hesitant to like therapy and counseling, but it was just something I never really pursued. My sister talked me into it. And so when I went to see a counselor and was just talking about things, um, they like literally looked across the, you know, the coffee table area to me and was like, it sounds like what you're describing here is an abusive relationship. And, um, you know, like, like she was like, you know, if you didn't tell me that this was like an institution or an organization, like I would have assumed based just on our conversations that you were talking to me about an abusive relationship that you're in. Wow. Boom. Right. So, um, so that was kind of hard, right. Because, um, you know, it, it's not that the whole thing is a wash, right? Like you, you do meet really awesome people who, who love the Lord and who love people and, you know, um, and I remember when I was leaving, this was the hard part. So I'm like in this huge deconstruction mode now, like full on, you know, mm. like, and, and, it, and it was, it wasn't great at first, you know, like I, I felt like, like I went and found the tightest pair of judgy pants I could find. I put them on and I just really went to town on people. And it was, it was really messy. So like my part in this was like my initial stages of like deconstructing of like my faith and my theology and like, what the hell do I actually believe in and understand? Uh, it was, it was pretty messy. It was pretty gross. Um, so when I resigned as a pastor, um, my fear then was actually how are like my other friends who are pastors in this, you know, denomination, like, are they going to think that because I've left that I now think that, you know, like 
negative of them, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and then the really hard part about all of this, uh, especially in like the first year after you know stepping down, is you can kind of brush off, you know, the the thing, the negativity, or like the you know just the comments that come from people who are just jerks and they just you know what I mean, like you really don't care. But um, it's really hard when it comes from people that you care about and, you know, your friends, your family, people that you know, and you really love, right. When, when those hard comments and criticisms come at you from, from people that you care about that, that's when, um, you know, it just, uh, sucks. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and you, and you sort of feel alone, you know, and, um, and I remember like two years out, um, after resigning, you know, it's interesting how like the emails kind of slow down, the phone calls kind of slow down and like you know, mm-hmm. the invites and, and all of this. So, um, yeah, really, really, really hard because, um, now I find myself in this place where, you know, I'm now at this point, um, when did I leave 2019 beginning of that? So here we are in, you know, towards the end of 2021, um, still figuring things out. I still don't, you know, know exactly where I'm going to land, but I, I feel far enough along in this like deconstruction, uh, path that it's kind of like, well, now what do I do? You know, mm-hmm. like, uh, in the community where I live, you know, if I look around at some of the churches, you know, like formal established, you know, like, um, churches, like, I'm like, I don't know that I can go, I can't go back to that now. You know what I mean? Like, so, and, um, and I don't want to stay in this state because sometimes I find like it can be really bad. You know what I mean? Like when I start to think of certain churches or when I see certain things on social media, that would be like very, you know, in line with like, you know, some fundamentalism and conservatism, mm-hmm. nationalism and whatnot, like, you know, just into the church. Um, man, where I go in my heart right away is not a good place, you know, mm-hmm. um, to be fair. You know what I mean? Like, um, and, and I think that's where I'm struggling right now is because, uh, like I said, it wasn't all bad. You know, there was good things that came out of that and there was really great relationships, but, um, you know, I, I just kind of feel a bit, I don't, I don't want to say lost, but like, not sure where to go, you know? And so mm. I'm like now searching out, you know, different cities that I could, you know, potentially move to that would, you know, have community that would sort of be in that same boat, you know, um, maybe gone through some similar things and whatnot. Um, please stop me anytime. Cause I feel like I'm rambling, but, uh, <laughs> you're not, it's a, a podcast, you know, we have to talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I totally resonate with that. This idea of like reconstruction after deconstruction. And what does that mean? Is it necessary? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I kind of land in a, in a do what you want kind of a camp. Like, I don't think that reconstruction is necessary because you don't deconstruct to reconstruct. You deconstruct to find the parts that are good and do away with the parts that are bad. And if the parts that are good exist outside of a church and you don't need the church, then don't go back. Like it's, that's fine. I, from my personal opinion, um, especially depending on like the levels of abuse that one, you know, has experienced, like your body is like a scroll. And once you write the story down on it, it's hard to then re like keep going in this story and then try to make up for the first part when you can just keep going away from it. Um, don't know if that analogy made sense, but yeah, that's a, what I think. Spencer, do you agree? Do you disagree with me? Because <laughs> you know, I, it's not that I disagree. It's just we're in different places. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've had people on this podcast, um, you know, when Kaylee came on, she talked about um, like remodel versus like a demolition mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so when she kind of went through her deconstruction, really kind of thought about like, well, when you're building a house, like what is the foundation of the house? And for her, mm-hmm. like the foundation was truly like the life of Jesus, which mm-hmm. I think, I know, I know that you and I agree that like, like Jesus was a great person mm-hmm. and like following his lead is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And so for her, like, that's where she was like, that's the foundation. So I'm just going to restructure the house basically. Um, and I feel like I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. I definitely, um, 
I actually saw a video today of this girl talking about her first encounter with like a Unitarian church and her dad being like, oh no, like we're not going there. Like we don't believe that. And the girl from the Unitarian church being like, that's okay. Like you can still come. And I think about that in the sense of like, like I go to a Methodist church. I'm very comfortable in the, in the UMC, um, especially in the parts that are open and affirming of the LGBTQ community. So it's not like I'm going to hang out at a Unitarian church, but mm. just the idea of like, it's okay. Like you can still come. Like that's kind of where I am. Um, and the church that we used to go to is very much like that. Mm -hmm. And I think the church I'm at now is somewhere in the middle. There's a, a little bit more, um, older people because of just the part of the country I live in now. Mm -hmm. Um, but is very much led by someone that's kind of like all are welcome and in a genuine way. And so when I think about this sort of, do you have to reconstruct? I agree with the sense of you find what is good and you find what is true and you hold on to that and you take away the things that cause harm. And this is where some people would disagree with me, but you know, the body carries trauma and that is valid. Like mm -hmm. that's scientifically backed, like, you know, God made science for a reason. So we could figure out how his world works, how our bodies work. And so if there are certain parts of being in a church community that just cause you too much pain or like visceral reaction, then I agree with you of don't go back to spaces like that. Like mm -hmm. there's so many different kinds of quote unquote church communities now that just looks so different, you know? Um, and that could be something as simple as hanging out with a group of like-minded people mm -hmm. at a bar or going to brunch, like, and talking about sort of like spiritual things or just things that make you feel connected to God, make you thrive, make you a better human. And so for me, like my deconstruction of, yeah, like I left the church for probably about a year and a half to two years, like would pop in every now and then like with a friend to like make myself feel better because the Christian <laughs> guilt is real and like it holds on to your body. Amen. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I, I pop in and just really was like, this isn't for me. And it really was because it was a space that I knew wasn't affirming. It was a mm -hmm. space that I knew just wasn't safe for people that I cared about. wasn't safe, safe for me. And so, um, yeah, it took a long time of trying to find something. Um, and you know, no secret, my husband is more of the agnostic side. So somewhere that's safe for him to ask questions and, and mm -hmm. just be himself and not have to play this role. And so, yeah, that's kind of where I am of, I am slowly, I guess, reconstructing remodel, whatever you want to call it of, I still very much like claim to be Christian. I participate in the church. I plan to raise my kids in the faith, not in the same way that, um, <laughs> others have been raised obviously, but yeah. So I think that's kind of where we have some differences on that. So mm -hmm. it was interesting when, uh, when I first left someone, I, someone had said to me and it was really cool and it was really helpful at the time, but they, they were just saying how they're like, you know, Andrew, like it, like in this scenario, like the kingdom loses nothing. And sort of what, what he was sort of getting at was just like, just because you leave a certain position in a church or just because you even leave an entire denomination, mm -hmm. you know, like you're, you're still, you know, part of God's story. You're still part of something. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and for me and all of this, like my, my, my love for, for Jesus, my love for, you know, my, my faith and my understanding of God, you know, is, has still been there. Uh, I think, I, I like, I like what you're saying about, you know, I think I wonder because language is important. Right. And I think, yeah. and I wonder if, you know, reconstructing or remodeling or any of that, maybe, maybe that's not as helpful language that as I had once thought. Um, cause there's mm -hmm. some things that, you know, I've really had to struggle with sort of post, you know, um, professional Christian, mm -hmm. uh, and <laughs> professional Christian. <laughs> wow. is that, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that like, you know, I, I felt like there's so many forms of ministry, we'll say that like go unvalidated. Right. And so unless mm -hmm. you're a pastor, unless you're a worship leader, unless you're leading a Bible study or some sort of, you know, official church program or whatnot. Like it's not really validated as like, this is, this is a, this is a life as a Jesus follower, or this is a, you know, a, a life of, you know, what, um, you know, a godly life will say, you know, um, mm -hmm. a life of love. Right. Um, and so I, I see now, you know, 
um, in just some of the spaces that I am and at work and, and different things like that. And in, in the neighborhood here, even, um, you know, just seeing, you know, the goodness of God in, in all kinds of different things that I probably, um, didn't see quite before. And, uh, what's really, what I'm really, really loving about where I live right now, uh, there's a huge, huge indigenous culture, uh, and population here. Um, and I've really learned to really value the land. Mm. And, 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 and a real phrase that, that gets brought up here a lot is, is on the land healing, you know, and just this idea of sharing time on the land with people that you love and just how that sort of brings restoration and healing. Um, and I'm like, this is church, you know, mm-hmm. it's not, but you know what I'm saying, right? No, yeah, uh, no, it is church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, exactly. I, I right. That's- and, and I'm, that's divine yeah you know and you know i remember we were just kind of out there and you know you're hearing people share their stories and you know they do they do a lot of what they call your own healing circles you know we're just sitting in a circle and on the land and people just share their experiences share their stories sometimes it really has nothing Mm -hmm. at all to do with trauma and sometimes it does but yeah, it's just this idea of, um, just togetherness, you know, and, um, I love that, you know, it's just so, so good. And I remember the times actually back when I was like part of the denomination here, you know, um, a lot of that was undersold, you know what I mean? It was like, well, that's Mm -hmm. not, there's, there's like specifically ministry and specifically not ministry. Right. Or there's specifically, Mm -hmm. this is Christian, this isn't, you know, and, uh, and I think that's what I've really deconstructed, you know, over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know again like where where is that place that i go forward to from here i think that's a bit of a challenge and i think probably because i'm still overthinking it yeah you no know? mm-hmm. i I'm, I'm still a bit anxious about it you know yeah um, so. i mean understandable i feel like the biggest thing that led me away um was like the core of it all for me was that people talked about the divinity of God and of Jesus, but like, it was just a fact, like it was just something like in a very clinical sense. And to me, it was something that was like, we talk about the divine, which is not huge in evangelical spaces, but in deconstructed spaces, the divine is something that is like all encompassing, holy, you feel it in your skin, you feel it in like your bones and, we talk about mysticism and like chaos and all this stuff. And there's like the mystery that evangelicalism is so scared of. Like if I can't, we talk about putting God in the box all the time, but they're so scared of not having the answers that they don't even ask the question. Mm. And then those of us who ask the question are demonized because we just want to know more. We want to, they talk about growing closer to God, but they don't actually want to grow closer to God because they don't actually want to ask the questions and sit in the mystery and be comfortable with the chaos of not knowing. Um, it's like recently there's been a lot of faith healing surrounding my life because people want me to birth a child, but I cannot, but people say, let me pray, but let me pray over you and we'll heal you. And then you can have a baby. And I'm like, I don't know how it works. And that's so clinical, right? Like, I'm going to call upon the Lord and make him, they heal you real quick for my own purposes, for my own. It's like a little formula that they have going as opposed to just sitting in the chaos of life and the randomness. And that doesn't mean that there isn't a God. It just means that you don't get what you want. <laughs> I don't think evangelicals like not getting what they want. And deconstructed people is definitely not what they want. <laughs> I think, um, you know, when you talk about language and like sort of, you know, the mystery of God is something I think about a lot because, um, you know, like think about like the language in the old Testament, like Hebrew scriptures are a majority of those are poetic things mm-hmm. that are not supposed to be taken literally that are very mm-hmm. much imagery. And they reveal this mystery of God, especially when you go back to like the creation story, like when you're talking about chaos, like, um, it talks about like the chaos and the good, like battling each other. And that's how like God created the world. And I think that like, exactly what you said, like the more I try to like live into this of being okay with the mystery, especially like 
like for me, like I like have never once said like, I don't know if Jesus is divine. Like I wholly still believe that Jesus is divine. Like he is the son of God and that like his life mattered. And so it's not even something crazy where I'm like, I don't know if Jesus was really God. Like, no, I still believe that. But because I kind of am a little like my mom would call it like of like I very <laughs> believe in like spiritual energy through everyone. Like everyone is connected. Like I don't believe in like accidents or coincidence. I'm very much the kind of like, and not even everything happens for a reason because I think things happen for no reason, but they're still connected, like mm-hmm. in a very spiritual way. Um, and people are like uncomfortable with that. And, um, even just talking about like the word deconstruction, people are uncomfortable with because Mm. they've made it like this, it's like taboo or like not even taboo. It's like weaponized now Mm -hmm. when the reality of like, this isn't something new that people are like, Oh, like these, these young or progressive Christians are trying to like change things. I'm like, Um, so you're a Protestant because Luther deconstructed his beliefs. Like Mm. that's not crazy. That's like a factual statement. And this has happened. You know, why are there so many denominations? Because people deconstructed beliefs and Mm -hmm. they took things that they thought were good and got rid of things they thought were bad. Like, so because like, it's just like a hot topic right now, like it's very much, especially a lot of these big celebrity pastors are being like, deconstruction is an idol or it's bad. And I'm like, what the frick y'all like y'all started your own church for a reason because you Mm -hmm. weren't vibing with some other church or you felt quote unquote called like you had a deconstruction, even if you don't want to label it that like every person of faith has at some point questioned a belief and chose the things that they believe are true and good and God given. And the things that they're like, not, nope, not here. Like, Mm -hmm. Just very frustrated by that. It's my little soapbox on that. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a good one. I agree. I think it's just, yeah. I oftentimes think too that we all get caught up in still framing things in like light of the church, like reconstruction, right? I hate the word reconstruction because I'm like, I'm not bound by you anymore like i don't i'm not beholden to you i'm not beholden to your building to your construction company i'm not beholden to the laws and physics and sins or whatever of your church i deconstructed that and i moved on like i don't have to go back to this little plot of land that you left for me i but i feel like oftentimes we get stuck in that idea of like well if you tear something down you have to build something up but that's not true. You can just leave it. You can just leave the land to grow and to come back and take it over again. You don't have to, you know, you don't even have to believe in God anymore if you don't want to. That's fine. Like, in all of reality. But, I mean, I, I don't believe in hell, so maybe that's just my own not hell believing. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, what is it like, you know, like you you live in Canada and we live in this world that's very like involved with the whole world, Mm. but also very like focused on certain parts of the world. Mm. And so I I'm sure like, you know, just we're an American podcast. I'm going to be very American. Do you think being in Canada is different than deconstructing in America? Like, first of all, how dare you? I have dual citizenship. So (laughs) (laughs) this is a a worldly podcast. We're of the world. Okay. Still, you know what I mean? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Nah, it's all good. Uh, (laughs) Good question. Um, I would say, yeah, because I I have no comparison. I, I've uh, in terms of like how things are going, you know, in America. But like I know, you know, our culture here is very. I, don't, I hate to use this word, but I, I I'm not sure what else to use. So if you got a better one, you just interrupt me and be like, "That's not a good word to use this one." <laughs> like it, it's it's very secular culture here. You know what I mean? There's the the the, That's the church. A fine word. <laughs> yeah, the church. We have well, well, the, like the the church really has no influence a- anymore in in politics. We'll say God, or, how lovely, or public policy and things like that. I mean, they would like to think they do, but it, it's not as 
you know, like, like our, like our prime minister, you know, that you don't, you don't see him in regular meetings with evangelical leaders and things like that. You know, you mean it's um, not news that he goes to church or if he like attended like an Easter or Christmas service? I'll be honest. I don't even know if he goes to church. I don't even know if he's a Christian. So <laughs> I like um, wish. I mean, maybe, maybe he is. I don't know. We're in the middle of an election right now too. So because, because yeah, they, well, they called this like early snap election um, because, you know, we're, we're in the middle of pandemic. So it seems like a good idea to probably do that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, California is in the middle of a recall election. <laughs> but that's a whole other thing. I think one of the one of the the, the biggest one of the issues I, I'm seeing kind of unfolding uh, here in Canada though is there's there's a real reluctance the real there's a real reluctance to let go of the buildings to let go of the programs to let go of the formal structures uh, even in churches that would you know, in my mind be quite progressive, you know, there's, so uh, I, I really like your imagery of like, just deconstruct it. And just, that's it. Just let it crumble down and, and leave it, you know? Um, mm. and I, I, I'll be honest. I, I haven't really thought about it like that before until like literally five minutes ago that you mentioned <laughs> it, but I like that. And I do believe that that's where we need to go. And I remember when I was still a pastor, you know, and, and it felt like we were just, as a denomination, we're just making all these little tweaks and adjustments, you know, uh, to, to try to keep up with culture, to try to stay relevant, to try and whatever. And I, I remember just saying and, and, and believing still like, no, we just need to blow it up. Like, seriously, just blow it all up. That's me. And, Burn it all down. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and to your point too. Yeah. I, I think we should never remove choice from people or ourselves, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, and I think, even from my own experience, you know, in deconstructing and, you know, what's this pathway forward, you know, it, it's, it should still be my choice to believe or not to believe, you know, mm -hmm. and I, and I do, but it kind of goes back to that original place, right. That I would have found myself in before I, you know, would have really called myself, you know, a follower of Jesus, you know, that, you know, that was my choice to, to, to do that and to sort of claim that identity we'll say. Um, but I think even as you're deconstructing, you know, people need to kind of fall where they do, you know? Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a difficult journey up here, I think. Cause yeah, like I said, even for progressive churches, there is still a holding on to core items, you know? So if we're having that like yard sale, you know, we're, we're like, ah, like what, what is this? You know, this is, you know, we're just getting rid of stuff and all oh, that, that toaster that shorts out. So we're just going to like throw that out completely, you know, but I, I think still in the church in Canada, there, there are some core pieces that, I would say most are unwilling to, like those are, those are still no go zones, right? So mm -hmm. you've got to have a Sunday service. You've got to have uh, a, a building. You've got to have some kind of program. There's gotta be somebody on staff, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, and, and, and various pieces of that, but you know, what if it didn't look like that? What if, what if your church and by church, I just mean, you know, people that are gathering that, you know, are, are, are exploring life together and, and, and maybe there's a common thread there that, you know, Jesus is at the center of that. Um, but you know, what if that wasn't even a registered official thing? Can, you know what I mean? Like, are, are we even willing to go there? Mm. Right. Mm. So, yeah, I you like know what I mean? That. Right. Yes. Because, like just yeah. like ripping out all the pages of this fucking book that abused so many people, all this, like the Bible pages. And then going back to before it was written and how people communed with God before this book was written at the beginning of it all how did people exist then without this holy text they, they just did it together in people's homes or outside or whatever they got where two or three are gathered whatever like they didn't have easter service <laughs> <laughs> right yeah and i just feel like when when we remove ourselves from that at least for me i'm able to see um the real real divine connection that people have with God. Um, mm. so I remember last summer, so, you know, here in Yellowknife, um, there was, you know, a young guy that I was working with and he had grown up in the church. And so, you know, he, he had like sort of some understanding of what he believed and, and things like that. Um, uh, but during our shifts at work, you know, we would often just talk about faith and the Bible and, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? And, and I would say we were both kind of in a place of, we were both loosely connected to church at the time, but you know, we we're just both just two people exploring, you know? 
And um, I remember one day he, he asked me like, and, and he was just having a really great summer, you know, like there, there was no, there was nothing official that he was plugged into. You know what I mean? He wasn't attending a local church. He wasn't, you know, part of any sort of group, um, or any kind of official pastor, you know, mentoring him and whatnot, but you could just really see just God working in his heart, you know, and, and just a real divine connection. And it was, it was almost like felt, you know, this connection that he was having with God. And you could just see a lot of the things that he was overcoming, you know, a lot of in his own personal life. And I remember one day he was like, Hey, will you, will you baptize me in the lake? <laughs> and do you know what's so fucking stupid <laughs> my initial reaction was can i do that <laughs> like yep. do you know what i mean like do i yep. need to like go like talk to a local pa- like well, like do you know what i mean <laughs> right because and, and but which is like which is crazy right i mean i mean yeah okay you know we, i was we, baptized I, in the ocean so like that's not yeah. weird to me <laughs> So I, I was like, I was like, so my, so I don't know, my Edward response was like, yeah, of course, man, like, let's do that, you know, right? But inside, I'm like, what the hell? Like, like I had so many questions, right? Like, mm-hmm. and you know, like, what's the, what's the, what's the, you know, formal process here? Like, do I need to? What like, do I do say? A, what do I say? Do I need to do a class with this guy? Do I need to be ordained for this? Do I need to? You know what I mean? We start asking all these yeah. questions. Like, I even was, so I even I did go and meet with a local pastor. I was like, am I like? is this okay? Did I do this? Or like, anyway, so this guy was really chill and he was like, yeah, like you just do that. Right. Anyway. It's- so we, we did go down to the lake and, 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 you know, I baptized him as just two people standing in a lake, believing that somehow God is real, you know, and somehow mm-hmm. there there's love to be found. There's peace to be had, you know, there's, you know, this connection that we have to each other, you know, and we're just believing that this is a good thing, you know, um, it's a holy thing, you know, it's divine thing, you know, but this is a good thing. And, and, and in that moment, you know, it was why he believed he needed to do, and that was important for him, you know, and, um, and man, it just rocked me, you know, that whole experience. I, I just, I keep thinking about that, you know, cause there was nothing formal about it. There was nothing like we literally drove down there after work one day and just did it, you know, but it was powerful. And it was probably one of the most powerful, you know, things that I've really ever been a part of. Cause you know, there, there was no ceremony. There was no like, here's your, um, here's you know, your certificate, here's your certificate, right. <laughs> you know, um, and yeah. you know, I'm, I'm licensed by the, you know, whatever to do this by the powers vested in me. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> and, but it was beautiful. It was just raw. It was real. And we were out in nature. And, and again, just coming back to that on the land, you know, and mm. this really felt something, it was, there, was, there was just something deeply spiritual about it. Mm. And, um, that's what Jesus did. Yeah. And you want, and I want more of that, you know, so I'm not going to call it reconstructing or I'm not going to call it whatever, but you want, I want more of that. I want more of that just raw encounter, just real, you know, and, um, and, and to the best of our understanding, you know, we're just <laughs> believing that there is this, you know, loving God that wants, you know, good things, you know, and, um, and, and wants us to, you know, be together, you know? And, yeah. I like, I'm like so envious of that because I uh, became a Christian as a teenager in a church that taught that like baptism was like necessary for salvation. Mm. And my mom was baptized as a teenager. And then um, my oldest brother was baptized as a baby, like as a a Catholic. And then um, my dad, he, um, you know, he, he got clean and sober and like a Christian rehab kind of thing. And he got baptized there. So I just remember like being 13, 14 years old and like having this fear of like, what if we get in a car accident? Like my parents are going to go to heaven, but I'm not because I'm not baptized. Mm. And so like had this fear and like went to summer camp and was like, I need to be baptized now. Cause I don't want to like die and go to hell. And so like I did it. And, um, yeah, you know, I and then I have mixed feelings because I'm very much the, like we believe in one baptism, so I don't feel like there's a need to be baptized again, but sometimes like I like get a little emo because I see like my friends like you said have genuine real experiences of like this is a holy moment. This is not out of fear. This is not out of like peer pressure. Like this is for real just like I I want to do this. And sometimes I'm like, dang, like 
should I do that again? Because I didn't have that. I don't know. And I don't know, just like when you were describing that of being in nature, literally just you and another person, like exactly what I said, like, that's what Jesus did. Like he just went down to the river with his homies and said, this is important. We should do this. And it wasn't, you know, he didn't get a certificate. The whole church didn't take your picture and like cheer. And I don't know. It's just, it's just something that I think, um, yeah, there's a lot to consider when thinking about not just baptism, but a lot of like rituals and other mm. things that we do as the church of like, have we lost the meaning because we're mm-hmm. so caught up in how we think it's supposed to be done? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, Spencer, fuck it. Just get baptized again. Do it. When it feels right, <laughs> just go for it. Who cares? Were you going to go oh. to hell because you got baptized twice? No, I, again, I just, I have this internal, st- and there's a lot of things about like, about, you know, just being deconstructed or whatever. Like I have a lot of internal, <laughs> I have like a lot of internal struggles of like, again, mm-hmm. I like, you know, it says in the Bible, like, Oh, like we believe in like one baptism and same thing of like, when people, when people are like, you were baptized as a baby, you have to get baptized again. I'm like, no, you don't like, that's a little shit. Like the Holy spirit like works anytime. And people, you know, have even like described it of like, um, of like, you know, just like a blessing over your life again, of like the Holy spirit coming, descending upon you is like what happens when Jesus get baptized and people, again, this is my hippie side of like, well, I believe that the Holy spirit isn't everything. Mm. So yeah, like, and in the UMC, we baptize babies. So part of me is like, yeah, I'll probably like baptize my kid when they come. Like I have no issue with that. But like, for me, I'm, I'm like, should I do it again? I don't know. It's just a weird, weird place to be. When it feels right, fuck it. Go but for it. It never feels right. That's the whole point. <laughs> well, when you feel the desire and there's a body of water, just jump in. Cool. Baptize <laughs> myself in the pool. I believe in self-baptism. I don't care. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Can you tell I'm just burn it all down? Burn it all. Burn it all down. So, uh, how do we feel about communion? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I like. I feel the like ritual. we don't talk about this a lot in in yeah. deconstruction spaces. So, I like the ritual. I don't think of it as blood or bread. I think of it as a cute little meal together. So the blood and the bread part, kind of, it's like. I get the sentiment. Don't really want to be drinking blood or eating flesh. All right, Jesus. I I, so, I I know you're great, but I don't. I still don't want to. We get it, Josie. You're not a Catholic where they they believe literally in that moment. Transubstantiation. Into, yeah, you don't believe in that. Okay, cool. No, 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 no. Andrew, thoughts on communion? The, <laughs> the Eucharist? What have you? You're muted. Oh, we can't yeah. hear you. What happened? Can you hear me now? Yes. <laughs> oh man, you that's okay. My, you haven't been hearing any of my little chirps. That's okay. Oh um, gosh. I was like, I was like, amen over here. I was agreeing, and everything was all great. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, interestingly enough, uh, this is a funny topic because the, <laughs> the denomination, the denomination that I grew up in and I pastored in. What was it, by the way? Don't tease us. I'm just trying to be polite. So the Salvation Army, <laughs> I grew up and was like pastoring in. Oh my God. Yeah, I, so we can jump oh into the conversation there. Oh my, you have to come back on and we have to talk I, all yeah, about I'm the like, Salvation Army. If you would have told I me will, this. I will, I will. If you told me this beforehand, I would have had so many things You buried prepared. the lead. It's okay, Whoa. it's okay, it's okay. Well, you'll come back, you'll come back. You'll come back. <laughs> Oh yeah, Anyways. no, I can I can go I can go off on that. That there's lots I could say, especially around LGBTQ. But uh, don't even get me started right now. Ooh. Which is one of the reasons why I left. So yeah, anyway, yeah. A big, actually a very big reason. But anyway, um, what was I saying now? Yeah, so they actually don't believe in communion. We never, I never did communion growing up. I and and I never administered <gasps> or did communion as a pastor because we just don't do that. Never. What's re- yeah. What's really interesting though, and and you know what? In some ways, in some ways, this is actually something they kind of have a cool understanding of. But you know, when when Jesus is talking about you know here's here's my blood, here's my body, and whatnot, um, they don't take that like literally. They they think that that's more of like symbolic, you know, and that that's. Um, like we're meant to actually be Jesus, you know, we're actually meant to be his, uh, broken body for the world. Oh, and what, about like the, what about so, the, what about the, do so, this so, in remembrance of me? 
Exactly. Live your life. Live your life. Yes. yes. So like live the Jesus way. Like the, and that, that's how we remember him. You know, that's how we uh, pay homage and honor his life, you know, as we go and do likewise. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the, the the idea there. But yeah, no, it's Salvation Army. I was a Salvation Army officer. It was uh it Officer? Was, it was yeah, that's what they call it. It's full on military. Oh, you weren't a captain? <laughs> I was a I was a lieutenant. Yeah. Lieutenant uh Lieutenant didn't quite get all the way up to captain. Uh oh, there, there actually is a captain. Yes. There is. Oh my god. All the so, way up to general. Oh okay. so the just going this communion thing tbh uh baby christian spencer that would have been a big red flag for me um because <laughs> and you know what church... we don't baptize either I oh another red yeah. flag i know right? holy <laughs> the, uh, holy moly again the the church i became a christian in as a teenager was a non-denominational church that had ties to um uh like the reformed churches and they taught that baptism was necessary for salvation. And we did communion every single week because when Jesus was like, whenever wow. you come together, like do this in remembrance of me, like we took that seriously. Mm-hmm. And my parents, like when, when, um, the, in my whole life, my parents have only been to three churches. The one we became a Christian in a church that they were a part of a church plant with their friend who was a pastor. And then they moved where we live now and the church they're a part of now. And I remember my mom being like, yeah, they don't do communion every week. And that just bothers me. <laughs> and for like, for me, I had not been doing communion every week because when I moved to university, like we didn't do, com- well, that's not necessarily true because I went to a liturgical chapel when we did communion there, but like the church I was going to on Sundays was a mega church and just logistically and financially communion is very hard in a church with thousands of people. Mm. And so I was just like, Oh, it doesn't really bother me. We, yeah. Like, it's like, we do it like maybe like once a month, once every six weeks, you know? And my mom was just like, no, that's a no go. Like you have to go to a church that like, does it every week like this is important like jesus commanded this and so i have a lot of mixed feelings about communion because i i genuinely really enjoy communion as an adult as a teenager i didn't because they always guilted you of like if you're not in the right heart like jesus is gonna smite you and so but then you were judged if you didn't take communion you know what i mean so wednesday night youth group passing it along and if i didn't take a cup then the girl next to me was gonna be like since you didn't take communion this week she might be a sinner <laughs> um but then at the same time they're like you're a sinner if you do take it and you shouldn't be so that's a whole other mess um but yeah as an adult uh i agree with you josie i i love i love doing it there are certain times where it very much for me is like oh i have to do this it's like a ritual but there are other times that i really like take it like i don't really again, focus on the sort of like the body and the blood of Christ, but I really do focus on it as like a, a communing with God moment. And so mm. again, I'm in really in my feels. I'm an Enneagram four. None of you were surprised. So yeah, just really, it's really sentimental and emotional to me. So, you know, it'd be like that. we dig it. <laughs> I still practice it as an adult as well now and then. And I, I would say, yeah. you know, it's, um, where it really gets me, you know, uh, in a good way is I just feel like, you know, in this world, (laughs) you know, anything that is going to be like, you know, a place or a source of unity and, and sort of calmness is, is probably a good thing, you know, and anytime Mm -hmm. where I've had a communion experience where it's been a blessing, so to speak, uh, you know, it's been, you know, more in those quieter moments where, it, you know, I, 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 I recall one time I was at a friend's place for dinner and, you know, very Jesus-y thing, sharing a meal together. And, you know, it, yeah, we just kind of got talking on, on some, you know, really deep, deep topics and, uh, you know, there, you know, just people, just friends, just praying for each other, you know? Um, and, you know, someone just felt like, Hey, do you want to just, let's just, you know, we've got this like half loaf here. Like, let's just, you know, do kind of a communion thing and yeah you know in moments like that like i I just find it to be very unifying you know and um like like you know regardless of everything else we probably disagree on you know um here's something that we share in common Mm -hmm. 
And I just feel, you know, like that, that's such a sacred thing, you know, at, at least for me, because I, I just feel constantly bombarded by polarity and, and, and division, you know, and just a lot of just hate in the world, you know? And so, um, to me, like communion, yeah, is sort of a break from that, I guess. I agree. Communion is, um, yeah, so important to me. I did it at my wedding. That was the first thing my husband and I did together. Um, the pastor that married my husband and I was my freshman RA at university and the weirdest communion I ever did. The first night I met her, she had all these girls on her hall. We took communion with Gatorade and stale bread and all of us laugh about it. We think it's so hilarious. It's a funny story, but really exactly what you said. There was 50 18 year old girls and, and this, uh, and two like junior level. So like 20 something year old girls in this dorm. And they're like, we don't know each other, but we're about to spend the next nine months of our lives in community together. So we might not agree on everything, but like, let's just have this moment. And that's something I think about all the time, because like I said, that, that my RA, she had such an impact on me. Like I worked at a church with her. She married my husband and I, like she's on my home team of like, it's one of those things that there's tons of things her and I don't agree on, but at the end of the day, like this is something that binds us. And I think mm-hmm. binds all of us that kind of claim this faith, no matter where we are on the journey of, like you said, I'm sure there's lots of people in this sort of deconstruction community. If we were like, let's just sit down and share a meal and commune with each other. Like I think it can be really healing. So Mm. you heard it here first folks <laughs> bread and wine and uh bring, add some cheese in there too do you like some cheese Ooh, yeah. you know some <laughs> fancy charcuterie board charcuterie yeah. communion Ooh. we love it love well andrew we've loved having you this conversation has been pretty monumental in my opinion i kind of dug it uh (laughs) except for you burying the lead about salvation army whatever it's fine we forgive you okay you'll just have to come back and share the tea so yeah 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 yeah. where can the people find you if you want to be found or do you want to plug anything are you famous somewhere let us know all right where can the people find you oh sorry yeah uh you can (laughs) find me hey you want you can find me on instagram at along the alley and uh you can also check out some of what we're doing uh with uh justice and concerts and music and art and all that uh we've got a website concertforsocks.com so if you want to check that out that'd be cool too but yeah just give me a follow on instagram and that'd be fun because uh my emotional well-being relies on it more followers and likes god damn it okay we're gonna follow you right now validate oh my gosh we love it we love it we love it we love it spencer where can the folks find us they can find us on instagram at speaking in church they can find josie at josie takes the world and they can find me at spence rose all right friends well you heard it go live it whatever uh as always stay woke or get woke Jesus loves you bye This has been an Irreverent Media Podcast.